On this week's episode, we've checked into a hotel to bring you the case of Elisa Lamb's mysterious death and the haunting of Hotel Del Coronado that inspired the movie 1408. So check in with the front desk and meet us in room 420. We're popping bottles of champagne and talking about murder. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of THC, True Hollywood Crime. I'm your host, Mariah. This is your other host, Bailey. Hey. We're on episode eight. Yes, we are. And we have very exciting news for you. We sure do. We are doing a hotel-themed episode because we are in a hotel. Yes, we are. B wanted a weekend. To get the fuck away. <laughs> she said it, not me. She wanted a weekend to herself, um, a little me time away from her family who she adores so she booked out a hotel room for the weekend and she said why don't we podcast here in a stroke of genius what better excuse to do a haunted hotel amen sister yeah i'm here for it Mm -hmm. so we're here we're here with our friend stephanie we're having a girls night right special guest tonight catch up from episode three yeah, <laughs> from Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh-huh. episode. Yeah, she would know if she was a better friend. But <laughs> yep, ketchup or red crayon, depending on who you ask. Yeah, depending on how drunk I was in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're in a hotel room. We have way too much food because we all brought hella food. We got a bunch of booze. We're moms. We're moms. We got all the snacks. All the good booze. We have our Ouija board and our tarot cards and some games and our podcasting equipment. And we're fucking ready for a girls night. We're ready. So ready. There you go. So I actually don't have any follow ups this week. It's like the first week ever that I don't have follow ups. Well, stop being so good at your job. <laughs> I think it's because they're so close together. I don't remember having any follow ups from last week. Yeah. But so we're just going to get straight into it let's do it let's do it you want to do a cheers with our seltzers right and if i spill this week guys it's not on our fucking Hell floor yeah. hey. hey sheree if she spills this week it's not on our floor <laughs> so don't worry about it <sighs> so this week on our haunted hotel episode we are doing the movie room 1408 yes and I'm going to do two cases because what room 1408 is based on is actually more of a ghost story, which we did last week with The Exorcist. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you the ghost story that room 1408 is based on. And then I'm going to give you an actual true crime story that happened fairly recently in a hotel. So are you ready, B? I'm excited. I have a quote from your movie. And I believe it's also from the foreword that Stephen King wrote. Um, Stephen King wrote a short story called Room 1408, which is what got this all started. Mm -hmm. So the quote is, hotel rooms are a naturally creepy place, don't you think? I mean, how many people have slept in that bed before you? How many of them were sick? How many of them lost their minds? So we start off in the Hotel Del Coronado. It's one of the last remaining wooden Victorian beach resorts. It's built in San Diego and opened in 1888, and it is gorgeous. Coronado Island. Yeah. Uh Yeah, sure. (laughs) I've been. My dad puked on the side of the road. Yes, Don. You have to take a bridge to get there because it's super duper bougie. 
and we went there and he had oysters for lunch like oysters rockefeller or whatever and just chucked it on the way back and that's my memory of the super nice bougie coronado island I don't know if the hotel's on that island. I, I'll have to look. That'll be a follow-up oh, for next week. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> it's even creepier that's on the island. Yeah, yeah. You have to take a boat to it. But it is gorgeous. If you look up pictures, it's, I mean, astronomically beautiful. Um, at the time, it's the largest resort hotel in the world. Mm. And it's the first one to use electric lighting. And it hosted celebrities and presidents and royalty. It was the place to be. And now it's a National Historic Landmark, and it still remains one of the largest and oldest wooden structures in California, which sounds impressive, but California's not that right. old, so... And we can still stay in it? I mean, that was my big ending line, oh. but yes, you can still stay in it. <laughs> it's still operational, and you okay. can rent a room. Okay. So let's go Probably back. expensive as fuck. I mean, everything in California is expensive as fuck. 1892. A young woman named Kate Morgan checks in under a false name alone. Her false name, by the way, was... I don't know. I wrote it down somewhere. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Lottie A. Bernard. Ooh, all right, Lottie. And she tell she checks in on Thanksgiving, and she tells the staff that she's waiting on a male companion but none of the staff ever see a male companion show up for her. Um, but they do note that she's very ladylike and beautiful um, and reserved, but she's very troubled. I put in the word very. Maybe mildly troubled. But she's troubled and melancholy. And uh, the only person that she kind of talks to and gets close to is her maid for her room, her, like, housekeeper. Yeah. They kind of form a relationship and, you know, as close as you can get with your housekeeper in the late 1880s. So that's what Katie's, Kate's doing. Five days later, her body's found on a flight of stairs after an apparent suicide, which was a gunshot to the head. She shot herself in the head on her hotel room balcony, and her body fell over the edge of the balcony and onto a flight of stairs. Dang. Since then, guests and staff have both reported your normal ghost-like stuff. Right. Objects moving, doors opening and closing, footsteps, Lights flickering, cold spots, et cetera, et cetera. And this is such a well-known, air quote, haunting that the hotel even has it on their website about Kate. Yeah. Um, so then parapsychologist Christopher Chacon investigates the hotel. And I couldn't find what year he goes there. I feel like it might have been the 90s, but nobody ever gave a actual year. Assholes. But he's using, like, modern paranormal... Yeah. Equipment. So okay. it has to be at least the 80s to 90s yeah. that he's there. Uh -huh. Now, he finds nothing in Kate's room, but room 3502 gets a lot of action. And room 3502 is what room 1408 is based on. Using his paranormal investigation gear, Christopher records at least 37 abnorm abnormalities and... This room, although it's not Kate's room, is the room of Kate Morgan's maid who disappeared the day after Kate's funeral oh. and hasn't been seen since. Oh. So she showed up to Kate's funeral and no one has seen her since then. And 
here's my last line. Hotel Del Coronado is still running and you can still <laughs> well, fuck your last line. <laughs> rent a room. <clears throat> so that's what our movie this week is based on. The Haunting of Kate Morgan. But because that was very short and we did a haunting last week, I also have the story of Elisa Lamb. Mm. And by the way, everything that I just told you about Kate Morgan came from the paranormal.me and screenrant.com. And everything about Elisa Lamb is from, can you guess where it's from, B? Our favorite. All that's interesting.com. <laughs> Thank you again. All that's interesting. <laughs> You've really uh, pulled through. You've really supported this podcast. Mm -hmm. So, January twenty sixth, two thousand and thirteen. Bailey just celebrated her birthday. Well, hell yeah, I was hungover. She was probably hungover <laughs> still from her birthday weekend. Still drinking. Elisa mm -hmm. <laughs> arrives at the Cecil Hotel in L.A. She just came from San Diego. She's headed to Santa Cruz on a solo trip that she's taking. Up the West Coast. Love Santa Cruz. I love Santa Cruz. I love San Diego. Not as much as I love Northern California, but yeah. I'm biased. Um, she's originally from British Columbia. She's a student at the University of British Columbia, and she's on a break from school, so she thought she'd take this fun solo trip across the West Coast. But she does check in with her parents every day. So that's why when she does not check in with them on January 31st, they Something's worry. Up. She was supposed to call them. That was the day that she was supposed to be checking out of the Cecil Hotel. Okay. So they contact LAPD and they search her room. They search around, but there's no trace of her. I tried to look up whether or not there was like her luggage and stuff still in the room. Yeah. And I couldn't find an answer. Okay. So all we know is by then. They got no leads. Elisa has disappeared. Um. But the police do release the security photo footage, I almost said footage, footage showing Elisa on the night of her disappearance. And it's creepy as fuck. Ooh. I'm going to I'm going to pause it so I can show it to B and then we will discuss it as soon as as soon as B watches it. All right. So Stephanie's seen it and I, I haven't. Yeah. Isn't it funny that you're here then? Yeah. OK, hold on. I'm going to pause real quick, guys. All right, guys, B just watched the footage. If you want to see the footage, I mean, it's just on YouTube, Elisa Lamb. It'll come right up. Um, but it's, you know, it's creepy. Did you think it was creepy, B? Yeah, Stephanie tried really hard to ruin it for everybody. <laughs> so the elevator camera shows Elisa entering the elevator, and she's acting strangely. She pushes, she pushes all the buttons more than once. Um, she gets on and off repeatedly, and um, at one point, it looks like she's hiding from someone. She's, like, poking her head around the corner to see if anyone's following her, but to me, she doesn't look scared. She looks like she's playing. The way you described it as hide-and-go-seek is exactly what was going on in my head watching the way that she was acting. Yeah, she looks like she's hiding from someone, but it looks playful, it's playful. like it's hide-and-seek. Yeah. And then she gets off again, and it looks like she's talking to somebody who we can't see because her hands are moving Look, when I talk, I talk with my hands, yeah. and that looks like what she's doing. She's talking with her hands. She's moving her hands along with what she's saying, but you can't see anybody there. You never see anybody past the camera line, and then she gets on and off a couple times, and then she leaves again, and then that's it. Nobody ever sees Elisa Lamb again, you know, at least alive. So um, then on February 19th, a little bit over two weeks later, guests 
start to complain of low water pressure and uh, a yucky, weird taste to their water, to their tap water in their rooms. So maintenance worker Santiago Lopez goes up to figure out what's going on with the water tanks. And he finds Elisa's body floating in the main water tank on the roof. Damn. Which let's just pause and think about it. First of all, what happened to Elisa, whatever happened to Elisa is tragic. She's very young and intelligent and she somehow met her demise. But also, could you imagine being a patron of that hotel? And you're like, my water tastes funny. And they're like, yeah, it's because there's a dead body in the fucking water tank. No, no. That the color was like, I'm sure, not clear, you know, mm-hmm. not all watercolor, like gross. It, I mean, is there enough mouthwash and bleach in your life to ever yes. feel clean again? Forever unclean, <laughs> for real. Um, so he finds Elisa's body floating in the water tank. Um, investigators can't get her body out, so they have to drain the tank. Can't get her body out. It's too hard. So they drain the tank and they cut open the side to get out Elisa's body. She was naked. All of her clothes are on the ground leading up to the water tank. But nobody's ever seen anybody with with her. The whole time she's there, she's been alone. Right. Now, there is an owner of a bookstore, Katie Orphan. She owns a bookstore called The Last Bookstore. And she does remember Elisa coming in and buying gifts for her family. And she was really talkative and kind. And Katie feels like that's a sign that Elisa had meant to go home. She was buying going to kill herself. Yeah. She was buying gifts for her family for when she returned to British Columbia. Yeah. So it's autopsy time. Autopsy. Elisa had consumed a number of prescription medications. She is bipolar. So it makes sense to have these medications in her system. There's no illegal drugs. There's no alcohol found in her system whatsoever. There's no foul play detective. Detective? Detected. <laughs> and the death is ruled, you know, death by drowning. It's yeah. ruled an accident. Um, but the internet sleuths of the world are not happy. They don't like the ratio of drugs because they looked up the autopsy report and they said for like a normal bipolar person, the amount of actual medication in Elisa's system makes it seem like, to them at least, that she didn't have enough in her system. So they're wondering if she didn't take her medication and maybe she was in the middle of a manic episode and whatever happened, happened. Interesting. Okay. Hotel manager Amy Price states in court that Elisa was supposed to, originally Elisa was in a hostile not a hostile, a hostel, hostel like room, a shared yeah, room with right, other people, mm-hmm. um, other young people. But her behavior was so erratic and so unnerving that they moved her. Her roommates were freaking out. So they moved her to her own room because her well, roommates couldn't okay, live with that's her. That's a huge red flag. Yes. Her behavior was very erratic. So here we get to the weird part because all of that makes sense with her bipolar. Yeah. Maybe she was off her meds. Yeah. She was struggling. OK, we could see how that leads to what happened this tank is super fucking hard to get to i'm sure santiago the maintenance guy says he breaks it down in court the, here's the things to here's what you have to do to get where elisa was one take the elevator to the 15th floor two walk up a staircase to the roof three access the roof by bypassing an alarm that would sound at the front desk and a locked door that only employees had keys to. And there was no alarm that sounded on the front desk that okay. night. So somehow she got past the 
alarm and, and the locked key. door. Yeah. Um, then you have to climb up a ladder onto the platform where the four tanks are and then climb down another ladder to the main tank where she was and then lift a heavy ass lid right? to get into the tank. I would tank. assume it's pretty big. Yeah. So. But isn't the opening like super small? Like, like she was little, but like the opening, like for somebody to like put her in there. I mean, like I'm sure awkward, I that's think. probably why the police couldn't like get her out easily. Yeah another follow-up for next week but they didn't necessarily say anything about how big the opening was but that would make sense if the police had to cut her out of the tank um so you make that what you will yeah there are people online who believe that she could have gone up the fire escape because they said that that was an easier access to the roof so she could have been having a manic episode and go up the fire escape and go up that way did she have any previous episodes in her now that they said yeah nope right jump off a building or something you know what i mean that'd be a lot easier if she was gonna like wig out yeah but if she's having a manic episode we don't know what's going on through her through her mind if she's is somebody really following her we don't even know if somebody actually killed her or not somebody could have actually killed her um or she could have been having an episode where she was hallucinating that's why it looked like she was talking to people and hiding from people like who knows what was nobody knows it's still unsolved so nobody knows what happened that night Mm -hmm. A little information about the Cecil Hotel. It's one of the most haunted places in L.A., so they claim. It opened in 1927, and since then, there's been 16 different non-natural deaths at the hotel. At one point, serial killer Richard Ramirez, who is a very famous serial killer who we have not covered yet, but we will... Um, he lived there for a period of time during the peak of his killing season. Amazed. And he would actually, I mean, this was back in the 70s, 80s. No one was paying attention. But he would take off his bloody clothes from his fresh kill and leave it in the hotel's dumpster and just walk up to his room shirtless and like, eh. No big deal. Nobody cared. Also, um, a serial killer named the Vienna Strangler stayed there for a period as well. Um, I don't know anything Dang. about the Vienna Strangler, but they were there. Um, and Elisa and the CISO Hotel were the inspiration for American Horror Story Hotel, which yeah. I did not watch, but I'm sure you did. Actually, I didn't. Oh, well, there you I go. I heard it was good. <laughs> I know. Oh, it's real hit and miss with those. So, Well, Elisa and the, ho- and the CISO Hotel was the inspiration. Well, like you were saying about all the, like, quote unquote, like, natural deaths that have occurred. Non-natural. Or non-natural. Okay. So I would assume that means murder, suicide. Gotcha. OD. In the movie, it's more like they're trying to pass them off like as natural deaths. Well, maybe that is what's going on at the CISA Hotel. Ooh. How are we ever supposed to know? Um, after her death, her phone was never found, but posts still showed up on her Tumblr for months after her death. And that sounds really spooky, but they feel like she might have just set it to auto post. <laughs> like oh i didn't I guess- even know you could do that yeah <laughs> <laughs> like you mom's here wait auto post which one's tumblr it's a long time ago back in myspace days because this yeah. is 2013 so she had it set up they their theory is she had it set up that like every it would do few something. weeks it posts something <laughs> how dare you put this on santiago he knows too much about the size of those water towers okay so are you ready for my uh super ghost conspiracy theory that's not true at all but i like to pretend it is sure so kate morgan 
killed herself in San Diego at the Hotel Del Coronado, and she apparently haunts that hotel. Okay. The last person to see Elisa, well, I don't know if it was the last person, but the person they talked to about remembering seeing Elisa alive was Katie Orphan, who owns a bookstore that's called The Last Bookstore. And Elisa was coming from San Diego. That's where she was last. Now she was up here. Is Katie Orphan Kate Morgan's ghost running a bookstore? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> that's my theory. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's run with that shit. <laughs> I know it's not true. Uh, for legal reasons, I apologize, Katie Orphan. I don't oh, yeah. really think you're... I'm not 100% convinced. But... But I'm pretty sure you're not a ghost. But you might be. Why did you name your bookstore the last bookstore? We'll never know. I have a question for you. Now, isn't there a haunted, like, hooker hotel in Martinez? In, um, no, not in Martinez. In Croc- Crockett? Yeah. No. Well, no. No, Crockett's next door. It's, um, it's where the warehouse is. No, Hercules is by Richmond. Uh, well, my way. husband's screaming at me right now because we've been there so much. There's a famous biker bar there called The Warehouse, which, fun fact for you guys, three generations of women in my life have drank there without being ID'd. Sorry, The Warehouse. They ID people now. But my grandma used to go there with my grandpa back in the 60s. My grandpa was the leader of like an MC of a motorcycle club. And he would bring my grandma there because she was a teenager and he was like a, you know, young adult. And then skip to the 80s. My dad, who was a few years older than my mom, would take her there. They didn't ID. They'd go drink there with all the bikers. Skip to my husband and I. There is a bit of an age gap. I know you guys are going to come for him. He's not a pedophile, I swear to God. But he would bring me when I was like 20. You know, before I turned 21. And they wouldn't ID and we would drink there. So three generations of my family have drank illegally at the warehouse. And now they do card, though, because me and my baby cousin couldn't go there because she wasn't 21 yet. I was like, oh, we'll go to the warehouse. No problem. They're like, no, we card now. I was like, huh? No, it was way before COVID. It was a couple years ago. Um, But Port Costa. There we go. Port Costa is where the warehouse is. Thank you. Across the street from the warehouse is what used to be a brothel because Port Costa there's only one road to get into it, and it's a one-way road. So when you're driving there at night, you got to be real fucking careful because you got to really drive around people. Um, the people that live there have lived there for generations. Like I said, there's a huge biker bar. It's a huge Hell's Angels bar. So if you show up and you see a ton of bikes or you see some guys on the patio that are in their HA gear, you find another place to go for the night. You go to a different bar because the Angels are there. That's their place. Across the street used to be a brothel. It's still ran by um, the warehouse, so they haven't changed anything about the brothel. I think they've changed the mattresses and bedding out, and that's it. So it looks very much like an old Western brothel, bar, motel, and all the rooms are named after the girls who used to work there. So you could be in the Ruby room, the Pearl room, the Lucy room. And we used to stay there a lot because we get too drunk at the warehouse that we couldn't drive out of the one-way road that is port costa and then you stay at the brothel and it's like at the time this was a million years ago it was like 20 bucks a night you know 25 yeah so you you like you have a shared bathroom and it's (laughs) get it together stephanie 
And it's so cheap that for like my husband's 40th birthday, we rented out the whole top floor and it was great. We all got drunk at the warehouse and then everybody just went back to this brothel and had his birthday party. It was mm-hmm. fantastic. So my mom and dad did something very similar. I don't have any idea what birthday. Who knows if it was even a birthday. It could have just <laughs> been an excuse to fucking run in a hotel. Amen. But they did the same thing there. And I want to say at least two of the couples that stayed the night that night left in the middle of the night. Oh. They claim, I know one for sure, I have a very vivid memory of the story, is they kept hearing someone in the shower. But they knew no one could be in the shower because they filled the shower with fucking booze. Yes. They filled it with ice (laughs) and fucking booze. They knew no one was in the shower. And every time someone will go to look, that's like, no, no one can be in the fucking shower. So one person left because of that. And then I think on another floor, they kept hearing like a woman arguing with somebody. Mm. And they'd be like, shut the fuck up. And everyone, like no one would claim up to it oh right it was just some mysterious like argument that kept going on throughout the night so there's that and here we were filling our showers with cocaine i know you could have filled it with (laughs) (laughs) amateurs yeah i mean i totally believe that that place is haunted it looks fucking haunted well cool the warehouse could be haunted too who knows right a haunted bar oh my god they have the giant polar bear there what you've never been there no really yeah Wow. I know. So first of all, they have a huge beer selection. So you could actually, it's so big that they can't keep it all on a menu. So if you want to, you can go into their beer giant walk-in refrigerator and pick out by hand the beer you want because it's so much beer they can't have a menu. Yeah. And um, they have a huge taxidermied polar bear. Does it have a penis? I don't think so. Okay. But... The first time we went, th- the first time I went there, um, man, this is going to make everybody in my life sound terrible. I was underage. I wasn't 21 yet. I was I almost 21. Okay. My boyfriend, who's now my husband, was over 21. All of his friends were too. I swear to God, he's a good guy. <laughs> it makes him sound terrible. It's we were okay. All, we were all on mushrooms and we'd been hiking around Mount Diablo all day on mushrooms. We were so hot and on shrooms. Thirsty thirsty and so we went to the warehouse in port costa because i could get there not of age and i didn't want to walk in because my feet were really dirt i was just dirty from hiking and i'm like i can't you know bailey and i grew up in a pretty like upper crust town i'm not just gonna walk into someplace dirty and like where we grew up that shit you would never walk into somewhere all dirty from hiking and the boys kept telling me they're like it's really okay like it's really okay and then I walked in and I was like oh it really is okay like yeah. nobody here cares it's a super divey locals only cool ass bar and they have a giant taxidermied polar bear which when you're on mushrooms is a little hard to handle you're not prepared for it but it became our favorite bar and the warehouse now cards, so you little hellions cannot Don't get, get in. It. Yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> Unless you're the TikTokers dressing up like old people, I fucking love you guys. Brilliant. You guys are living my dream, my wildest <laughs> fantasies. <brilliant. laughs> Those are so great. If you guys don't watch TikTok, download it now and start watching it. Have we gotten you on the TikTok yet, Stephanie? I am a virgin. <gasps> Sorry. 
Guys, after this, all we're going to do is play Stephanie TikTok. <laughs> we're going to play her TikTok all night. And I even I mean, have. I've seen, I've seen like TikTok videos, but not on TikTok. Right. Yes. So that's how popular it is. And so I have the Married at First Sight loaded up. So Season three, baby. Season we're three. ready. We're ready. Season two, guys. Look. Went off the rails. The couple, the gray-haired guy and the oncologist that we thought were the most level-headed. Spoiler alert. They don't stay married. Spoiler alert. It's like seven <laughs> years ago that we're watching. <laughs> they decide to get divorced. The couple that I really liked that were really cute and good-looking. Toxic. They they're toxic, but they stayed married. But then in the end, they decided, like, when they did the follow-up, they ended up getting a divorce. Yeah. Bad news, Ferris. Three. Three. And then the couple where the girl hated her groom when she first saw him at the wedding. But then they did the upswing where they really started to, like, go for it. Mm-hmm. They decided to stay married. But then I think they got a divorce And then tried to give it like another try and then still ended up getting divorced. So So everyone's divorced from season season three, guys. We got to keep it going for season. Oh, sorry. Season two, everyone's divorced. We have to watch season three. Let's go season three. The couple I still follow, big spoiler alert, because this is from season six or seven, is Jeff D and Sean Neese. They're my favorite Married at First Sight couple. They just celebrated their three-year anniversary, and they have a baby together. So hey. let's go, Jeff D and Shawnee. Y'all are my favorite, if anyone ever hears this. Whoop, whoop. I love you guys. Yeah. Anywho, I guess we should probably talk about the movie <laughs> at some point today. Yeah. Movie Room 1408, which I've only seen once when it, I think it first came out on DVD. Mm-hmm. Is it old enough that I rented it from a Blockbuster, Bailey? I don't remember the year. I didn't. I didn't. Put that I feel down. like I might have rented it from a blockbuster. Oh, it would make sense. Yeah. Starring who? John Cusack. John Cusack. We love him. We got some Samuel L. Jackson. Love him. Are you That's fucking the ready? Man. You fucking ready? Tony motherfucking Shalhoub. <gasps> <gasps> For like two seconds. Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> but I mean, we love some Tony Shalhoub. That's our guy. You love the Tony? Do you know who Tony Shalhoub is? Yeah, Monk. Monk. Yeah, I never watched Monk, but I remember him. What was he in before Monk? Um, Men in Black. No, he was in a show, I think. Monk. (laughs) Wings. Yeah, Wings. He was in Wings, which my parents watched, Stephanie. And then 13 (laughs) Ghosts. 13 Ghosts. I don't don't remember him in 13 Ghosts, but I remember that movie being scary as fuck. Oh, my God. He's the dad. Yeah, that's a that's a legit a scary ghost movie. movie. Oh that my God. shit, the guy in the cage. So fucking yeah, good. That's a great movie. Yeah, he's the dad. Okay. So Isn't Matthew Lillard in that? Yes. Yeah, that's a good one. And apparently he's trying to pitch to get himself in the new Scream movie. He's like, look, sure, I died in the first But one. did I did, do we but ever see my funeral? Exactly. He's, what if I survived? Exactly. What does he look like now though? Great. He looks great. He does. He looks great. No. He's in one of my all-time favorite movies as a grown-ass man, and that is, um, oh, it has George Clooney and Shailene Woodley, and it's in Hawaii, The Descendants. Oh, yeah. He's in The Descendants, and he, and he's, I mean, he's a douchebag, but he plays, a, I mean, a believable douchebag, which means he's a good actor. And then I like him in a show that's on regular television. I'm, I watch it on Netflix, though. I think it's like... It's not bad moms or good moms. <laughs> Just moms. Like no. Good girl, good girl? Maybe it's good. They, like the bank robbers? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. They rob like the yeah. grocery store that they work yeah. at. Yeah. And yeah. he's the husband. 
does that have great. does that have a hot latino man in it with tattoos yes. he's all over tiktok yes. and it makes me want to watch the show because i just keep watching all these it's great thirst trap tiktoks of his yeah, clips All right, I'll start watching it. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it's a fun one because it's it's moms that are just in shitty positions and they're like, fuck it. Need money and they're like, let's just rob a bank. This is what we're going to fucking do as moms. Nice. Kind of like weeds. Remember weeds? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or weed. Weeds. Anywho. There you go. Matthew Lillard. Come on. (laughs) So I guess he had pitched to be in like the third one and they were going to put him in jail. Oh. And make him be like the puppet master. Oh. From jail. Yeah. And he's like, come on, motherfuckers. Like, I'm in it. And that would be fun because Ski Ulrich was like the puppet master for the first one. Mm -hmm. So it would be fun if Matthew Lillard kind of took over that role. So I'm ready to sign that petition. Quick side. Another side note about uh, taste. Like, he, he grew with Grace. He's still, you know, cute or whatever. Handsome. Um... So rewatching the Twilight series. Here's oh, the problem. Shit. Rewatching Twilight one. Is Edward still the hottest? Yes. Yeah. He I mean, by such a far long shot. Are we gonna talk about him as Batman? I will if you want to. <laughs> what I'm saying is now that I'm thirty five watching Twilight, Edward's still the hottest. Yeah. Jacob's never been hot to me. Get him the fuck out of here. Low key sleeping on Charlie. Let me tell you something. When I was I don't watching even it, remember Charlie. Oh, the that's dad. That's the dad. The dad. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the fucking dad. The dad is Loki hot a little bit. It, um, Bailey, that's a little inappropriate, please. I wanted to play my Twilight TikTok. <laughs> so listen, Charlie. When we first saw the movies, we're like, "Oh, that's her middle-aged dad." And then I'm like, at 35, I'm all Charlie's kind of got it going on a little bit. Yeah. And then I googled it, and he's only like. 40 when he made twilight oh, and i'm like sexy well there you go yeah. my husband's 44 right. 45 i don't know how old he yeah, is he's mine's like, about to be 40 yeah, yeah. so it's so funny because i'm like oh man times have changed okay so i'm gonna have to send you one of these twilight tech talks that i'm in i don't know the girl that's doing the fucking voiceovers <laughs> but when she says bella it gets me every <laughs> fucking time is she pretending to be edward yes. <laughs> yeah is it the eyeballs and the lips yes. just moving yes. yeah <laughs> i probably have it saved on my favorite TikToks. every fucking Bella. Bella. <laughs> die every goddamn time. So whoever you are, TikTok lady, just you just keep doing you because it gets me every. It's day. so oh, funny. It's so good. Twilight TikTok is so elite. Yeah. I can't handle it. They're really <laughs> having a renaissance right now with Twilight. God bless them. Oh, so shit. anyways, I really need to get into room, room 1408 starring John Cusack. We'll get there. We started drinking way before we normally start drinking for podcasts. So I told B this might be a problem. I was like, do you really want to start drinking at 5B? Because we have to podcast later. And she's like, it'll be fine. So here we are. It will be. I'll get my shit together. She's got her printed notes. She's ready to go. Uh, All right. So Mike Ensling is the character, but I think I'm probably just going to refer to him as like Kuzak. So he is kind of like a ghost hunter. He goes to these different hotels, motels that are claiming to be haunted, and then he writes a book about it, and it basically just kind of gets him by. He's not happy, and he's a total skeptic. He even goes to these fucking book signings, and there's barely, like, a handful of people there. And so he is living in L.A., 
And one day he's out surfing and he gets into like an accident, like a wave wipes him out and he hits his head and he washes onto shore. And I know it sounds super irrelevant, but this comes into play later. And he just brushes it off like it's like no big deal. Like everyone rushes up to him like, dude, are you okay? You should go to the hospital. And he's like, no, I'm fine. I'm good. And he goes to the post office. He gets his mail. He knows the guy at the post office like they're friends. No big deal. And in his mail, he gets a postcard from the Dolphin Hotel in New York. And it's inviting him to stay in room 1408. But the message on the postcard says, don't enter. And he kind of like takes a minute to look at the card. And he realizes that 1408, if you add it up, it equals 13. Of course it does. Right. Our favorite number. Yeah. And so like just being the skeptic that he is, he's like, oh, that's fucking clever. He's like, this is kind of cute. I'm going to play along with it. I'm going to call. I'm going to follow up. So he calls and he tries to make a reservation and they immediately tell him it's unavailable. He's like, I didn't even give you a date. And they're like, no, room 1408. It's just it's unavailable. Permanently unavailable. Mm-hmm. He's like, all right, well, I get it. He's like, I'm not a play into this he's like it's all part of the act so he gets his publicist tony shalhoub yes tony (laughs) Tony come through in new york and he's like bro you gotta get me in and they find a loophole and it's like basically a law if it's a vacant room in a hotel that's open you have to run it out you can't but why would he get an invitation to stay there and it's not quote unquote open for that's a great fucking question (laughs) occupancy yeah that's a (laughs) Yeah, that was a great fucking question. Did the ghost send him the postcard? So he gets his publicist to get in the room. And even Tony Shalhoub is like, are you sure you want to do this? Even Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if Monk is telling you not to do something, yeah, you might want to listen. Mm-hmm. He's like, yeah, it'll be a good way to end my book. But it's like there's something else lingering. It's like he's got a past in New York that he's not addressing and that we don't know about. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to come back. I'll just quickie in and out. No big deal. Goes to the hotel and he goes to check in. And immediately when he says that he's trying to get into 1408, there's a thing on the computer that says alert management. And here comes Samuel L. Motherfucking Jackson. Yeah, motherfucker. Hey, he's management. And he's going to do anything he can to convince Cusack not to stay in this fucking hotel room. Does he cuss a lot? No. Eh, fine. I'm right. He's management. He's like trying to keep his cool. At some, at one point he's just, he's like, motherfucker, like this room is evil. Like you just, I don't want you to stay here. I don't want to fucking clean up the mess. <gasps> I don't want to deal with this shit. Oh shit. He's like, I literally allow the maids in once a month to clean and they come in in like shifts. I won't allow anybody in the room for more than an hour. And I have to be on site. It's the only time I go fucking near this room. Dang. Yeah. He's like, I'll let you in. He's like, I'm happy to let you do whatever the fuck you want in the room. I just need you out. You can't spend the night. And also, while B is telling this to me, of course, everybody loves Samuel L. Jackson. She's wearing a Samuel L. Jackson t-shirt. So as she's telling me about him, I'm just looking at his face and pretending that he's saying these words to me. <laughs> well, thanks for giving away part of my outfit. Well, what? Because Samuel Jackson's on your shirt? Yeah. Anyways. He could be on your shirt at any point in your life. At any point, because I love him. 
But yes. Why are your pages folded like that? Because there's times that I want to try to remember and I don't typically pay attention to my notes. Oh, so all that typing is for no reason. It's for a reason. <laughs> One day when we're famous podcasters, guys, we're going to make a like a what's the table in the middle of a living room? Coffee table. coffee table. A coffee table book of just our notes. Of all of our notes. It'll be fun. Yeah, I delete mine each week. <laughs> yeah, but you have these, though. I'm saying you have these copies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I have my hand-scribbled notes. Yeah. So that's his spiel. Huzak's not going to fall into it. He doesn't believe it. He's like, all right, I'm going to give you my notes on the room. He's got, like, his own little book that he's kept of, like, cases. And then Huzak's got his own notes. He gives him a bottle of bourbon. He's like, good luck, and gives him a physical key, like an actual key to open the door. And Kuzak's like, don't we typically use, like, room keys, like the magnetic kind? He's like, right. yeah, well, ele electronics and stuff don't really work in this room. And electronics did not work in the room I said either. I don't think I put that on my list of paranormal things that was okay. happening. But electronics did not work in room, what was it, like 3502? Yeah, it was real hit yeah. and miss. Three, 3502 electronics also did not work. Yeah, so they had the physical key. Mm -hmm. So he goes up, and it's kind of, like, it's an eerie feel, but it's no big deal. And he checks into his room, and you can tell he's kind of disappointed. It's, like, super mediocre. It's a fucking hotel room. He's like, there's nothing scary about it. There's nothing unusual about it. It's just like an old New York City hotel room. And so he's starting to do like his little recording and checking out the room. He wants to make sure there's like no bugs set up, no like hidden cameras or anything. Yeah, weird. they're not like pranking him. Trying or to set him make up it in any seem way. like it's haunted. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And he goes to look out the window, which is an actual window that you can like open a, a key factor to Bailey's approval rating of yeah, a hotel you, room. You know, this is big for me. If there's a window she can open, she's very excited. That's always a plus. Mm -hmm. It has nothing to do with her weed consumption. It's no, just, she loves never. fresh air. guys. Right. <laughs> she likes the sounds of the parking lot. Uh, and as he's looking out the window, you know, he's getting like an odd feeling. And when he turns back, there's like, mints on his pillow oh what's yeah. a nice ghost yeah i know i'd love a ghost that I left know. me mints on my and pillows. so he even jokes he's like oh ha ha funny like a ghost that gives um turn down service yes yeah it's my type of ghost and then um the radio pops on and it plays this song sorry And then a timer appears on the clock. It goes from normal standard time to a 60-minute countdown. Ooh. And he's like, all right, well, this is fucking weird. And he doesn't leave the room. No. He, he assumes he's that it's so all brave. a setup. 
Oh, right. I watched too much of the Saw franchise that as soon as a random 60 minute countdown starts, I'm fucking out of there. No, no, no. This is all a setup. Okay, fine. Yeah. But the room is cold. And so he goes to check. I know, right? We've talked so much about these cold fucking rooms. Whether I can't it's he's still there. Amityville Horror, The Exorcist, it's the, always a sign. Like when the room is too cold. Or and there's you, weird cold spots. Right? Yeah, you fucking know. And so he calls to the front desk and they're very accommodating. They're like, absolutely. We'll send someone right up to your room. No big deal. The technician comes up. He will not come into the room. Mm. period he's like nope he's like i'll tell you what to do happens all the time he's like open it up fiddle with this shit turn it back on you'll be good so he does that his back is turned to the guy the whole time when he turns around the guy's fucking gone Mm. and he's like all right whatever no big deal again he goes around trying to check out the room he's looking out the window and the window slams on his fingers Mm mm-hmm Right, and he's like, oh, motherfucker, this and that. Goes into the bathroom to clean his hands off, and it's burning fucking water. Like, the pipes are exploding, boiling hot water, like, trying to burn the shit out of the water. Whoa. So at this point, the room's trying to attack him, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, all right, this is fucked up. Something's going on, and he tries to get out, and the door's locked. He can't get out. Should have got out. Right when the timer started. Right. Nope. Fucking can't get out anymore. Well, that's his fault. Mm-hmm. I would have left. I know. And so he starts freaking out. He looks out the window and he sees a reflection. And he thinks that he's gotten the attention of someone in the building directly across from him. Mm-hmm. And he's like waving his arms like, hey fucking help me i need help this and that and then he realizes that the reflection is doing exactly the same thing that he's doing oh shit it's his own reflection and he sees someone coming up behind him with a hammer (gasps) and when he turns around there is that somebody it's like a ghost and it goes right through him and it like goes through okay yeah it doesn't actually get him i mean that's good but still scary Uh uh-huh still Right, right, seriously. And so now we're like 46 minutes in, and he's just like, I don't know what to fucking do at this point. He starts drinking that bourbon. Yes. Right. Might as well. What else are you doing? But he also kind of starts to get in his head after that. He's like, maybe, like, did I eat one of those chocolates? Did they lace the chocolate? Like, am I hallucinating, or did they put something in the bourbon? So my client ended up Way to talk shit to me. I know. I'm sorry. I was looking something up. I'm so sorry. Uh, And so then um, here's a baby cry. Uh. He can hear a baby crying through the room. And so he starts pounding on the wall next to him like, hey, can you hear me? Hey, hey, baby, stop fucking crying. Well, no, he's just hoping that someone will be able to hear him. He's like, if I can hear the baby crying, they can surely hear me. Not if it's a ghost baby. Yeah, it's locked. No, he can't. He tried to oh, leave. He tried to leave. Yeah, no. No. After the room started attacking him, he tried to leave and he couldn't. And then that's when he went to the window. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the fucking baby crying just gets louder 
and louder and uh, louder. That is my the, own personal hell. Right, yes. to the point where it's like deafening and he's like, all right, fuck this. So he's like, how many feet between the wall and my window and how far would it be to crawl out on the ledge yep. outside and try to get to the room next to me? Mm-hmm. So he goes out the window mm-hmm. and he tries to crawl out on the ledge to the room next to him. But after so many feet, when he realizes, like, I should have been there by now, and he looks, there are no other fucking windows. (gasps) He's the only room on the entire floor now. So he goes back into the fucking room, and another fucking ghost tries to attack him. (laughs) Is this the hammer ghost? No, it's a lady this time, Mm. and she's trying to kill herself. It's like someone else who had stayed in the room. Right. Right, who had also killed themselves. He's like, all right, so what are my other options? How else do I get the fuck out of here? And so he finds an air duct, like a vent. Mm-hmm. And he figures out to, how to, like, crawl up in there. Mm-hmm. And so he gets up in there, and he starts to crawl around. And he starts passing other vents within the ducts, like, looking yeah. into other rooms. Mm-hmm. And they're his past memories. Oh, Jesus Christ. And this is where we kind of get his backstory and what happened and why New York's kind of a traumatic thing for him. So he was married. Quick question. I'm going to take a guess right now. His wife met an untimely death or his baby did or both? His child. Yep. I knew it. Of course. Yeah. He was married. They had a little girl. I want to say that she was between like six and nine. Mm -hmm. Right. And she gets very sick. and they have hope that she's going to get better and then they know that it's not going to get better and they tell her like heaven's going to be a better place and you'll be taken care of on the other side like they're giving her hope like you're going to die like let's try to make the best of it even though he doesn't really believe it and he thinks it's bullshit he's telling her this because he thinks it's the right thing to do Mm -hmm. and I think it really lingers on his mind and that's why he's having that he feels like he lied to her Mm -hmm. Mm. that's the great thing though is you don't know if you're lying or not right you don't know what the truth is i know could be anything so that's he keeps passing these rooms and facing all these memories of his sick daughter and his fucking relationship with his wife just crumbling and his whole life shattering (laughs) so he's like fuck this and then a like corpse tries to attack him (laughs) in the fucking air ducts and so he hurries back to his room somehow falls through the right fucking vent lands in his room and it's frozen like ice cold as if it had snowed inside of his room everything is covered in ice or snow (laughs) and he looks at his computer and his computer suddenly starts up and his ex-wife is like skyping with him and he never told her that he was coming to new york and she's like why the fuck are you calling me like what's going on where are you what the fuck's happening and so he's like look i'm in the city i'm in this hotel i can't get out i need you to call the cops she's like what do you mean you're in the city what the fuck are you doing here like our kid dies you ditch me and now you're just in the fucking city and you think i'm gonna believe you or help you Damn, like he's allowed to be in New York. Uh, no, she was just like, <laughs> no. It's New York. It's not like she lives in Wichita. I know. Anyway, so, everyone goes to New York. 
she's just like all right whatever fine like i'll call the cops i'll tell them to come and then the computer takes over and it's not him anymore but she thinks it's him and it's the computer telling her like no you need to come not just the cops like i need you to come so he's like don't is he can he see all this he can see all this he's flipping out like no this isn't me like no don't come don't come and the computer like no i need you to come to room 1408 yeah right so we got 15 fucking minutes and 15 minutes left on the countdown on the countdown what happens at the end of the countdown right okay (laughs) (laughs) the whole room just explodes no you fucking nailed it literally <gasps> yes <laughs> i did you did how is that the end literally the walls start to crack uh-huh. and water starts gushing into the room uh-huh. and he wakes up in the hospital oh and it's his ex-wife sitting next to him in the hospital and she's explaining you hit your head while you were surfing oh like we talked about at right the, of the movie and he's like wait what like he remembers this so mm-hmm. he's kind of like oh like but why are you here she's like i'm still listed as your emergency, emergency contact. contact she's like why would i not be here and he's like am i out she's of like, the room yeah and she's like are you out of what and he's like He just can't shake the feeling, right? Something's wrong. Mm -hmm. And they go to dinner. And she's like, look, you're acting really weird. You know, I'm sure it's strange seeing me. And that must, like, be shaking you. I think that it's all been a lot. Just kind of take some time and figure shit out. And and you'll be fine. No big deal. And so he just goes hard into writing his book. He finishes his book. And he writes about his feelings and about all these emotions and all this shit. He sends it to his publicist and he goes to the post office, right? Mm-hmm. The post office where he knows the guy and where he's super familiar and all this. It's not the regular people at the, at the post office. Uh-oh. It's the ghosts <gasps> from the hotel room. Stop it. And that fucking post office crumbles. <gasps> or, Stop it. Yeah, crumbles around He's still him. in the room. Yeah. Oh, no. He's still in the fucking room. Mm-hmm. It's too good to be true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he's in the room, and there's three minutes and 30 seconds remaining. Okay, up until this point, were you convinced that it was the end of the movie until he goes to the post office? N- no, because I knew that there, like, I had seen the time in the movie, and I knew where I was. I'm like, I know. Oh, you're like, there has to be more. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's back in the room, and it's like charred remains of the room it's not like a nice hotel room anymore yeah it's like it's been through it three minutes 30 seconds remaining on the clock and he can hear his daughter oh my god is calling out to him daddy help me i'm lonely i don't want to be here alone anymore you told me this and that blah 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 she comes out of the ashes oh great crawls into his arms and when the fucking timer goes off she fucking dies (laughs) like again right yeah (laughs) like crumbles into dust and the fucking timer restarts at at a new fresh 60 minutes and he's like, you can't keep 
taking her away from me. Like, you cannot keep doing this. Yeah. Like, it's going to keep repeating. This is his new hell. It's like Groundhog's Day. And so the front desk calls, and it's like, these are your options. You can relive the next 60 minutes over and over again, or you can help yourself to the express checkout and a noose. Was that kill yourself? Yeah. Oh, my God. Drops from the ceiling. Uh Uh-huh. So what does he choose? He's like, if I'm going to die, the fucking room's going to die with me. Okay. All right. So Burns down the room. Yep. He uses the rest of the bourbon to do like a yes, Molotov. Yes, John Cusack. Mm-hmm. So he does that and then he hangs himself? No, he just sets the room on fire. And um, as the whole hotel is like the alarms are going off and people are panicking because it's like an actual hotel, right. right? And people are flooding the streets. His ex is in a cab pulling up. Like he did contact her for real and she's pulling up to the hotel, but she can't get there because it's blocked because of the um, fire trucks and exactly. stuff. Yeah. And so she runs up and right as she runs up, the whole 14th floor just explodes <laughs> like the fire out the windows, the whole thing. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And so he's dead. And we flash forward to his funeral and Tony Shalhoub is there to comfort her. <laughs> God bless Tony right. Shalhoub. <laughs> God, right. The, the silver lining. And Samuel L. Jackson shows up and he's like, hey, I just I need you to know what your husband did was like super brave. Why did nobody do this before this, though? Right. Yeah. He, he's like, I need you to know, like your husband saved a lot of lives and she's not hearing it at all. She's like, nope, I don't want to fucking hear it. I don't want to know anything about it. It's all bullshit. And he has like the recordings that Cusack had made mm-hmm. in the hotels. And so he goes into his car because she refused to take it. She's like, no, I don't want any of his shit. I'm done. Dang. Yeah. It's a harsh stance to, for somebody who just died in a hotel fire. Yeah. She's just like, <laughs> no, like I lost my kid and now I lost him and it's all fucking bullshit. Like I'm over it. Yeah. So he goes in his car and he starts to play the recordings and it's his actual recordings. And he can see John Cusack's like charred remains like behind him. Mm. Right? The, the flash in the car behind him. And so the ghost is like. Question, how did the guy's recordings make it out of the hotel fire? Certain things. There were certain things that just made it out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. I mean, (laughs) I didn't make that fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) And then it ends with Kuzak's ghost in the room, the charred remains of the room. Oh, his ghost is there too. He's there with his daughter. I mean, I guess it's good that he's with his ghost daughter, but yeah. I would, I wish they were both resting peacefully. Right. And so and like, that's how it ends. And like, so the whole thing that Samuel L. Jackson was kind of trying to tell Kuzak was like, your job basically is to make people lose faith because you're, you're such a skeptic. Like you write these books about ghost hunting and all this, but like you always debuff mm-hmm. everything. Because you don't believe it because of what happened to your daughter and all this. But it's like people believe in ghosts to give them faith, like to give them something to hope for. Right. They could believe that there's Mm -hmm. something else afterwards or they never leave us. Right. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that was that. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. Was it scary? There were definitely moments 
where you're like especially like the the hammer creeping up on him and like the the spooky eerie ghosty thingies but it was very sad that's where i say i just feel bummed out afterwards i don't want john cusack to be stuck in that hotel room with his ghost daughter forever and like i mean really for everybody that his ex-wife just the whole thing so they never say who sent the postcard no it's almost like the hotel knew about like how troubled he was and the whole thing and like him clinging you mean the hotel building itself right oh because i did i left out so like samuel l jackson he's like it's not that the room is haunted right he's not he's like i'm not saying the room is fucking haunted like sure there are ghosts whatever it's not haunted the room itself is evil the room is evil so it's like the room was reaching out to him and physically sent a postcard Mm -hmm. wow yeah all right Mm mm-hmm there you it, go. It manifested the motherfucking <laughs> room fourteen oh eight. Originally written by Stephen King. I think it's a short story that's in like a, a larger book of short stories that he wrote. I don't know what the title is. Oh, there it goes, guys. And B just spilt a fucking Corona seltzer on the carpet of the hotel. It was mostly empty. Look, it wouldn't be a podcast without you spilling something on it the carpet. Wouldn't. It wouldn't. <laughs> it's not on the bed. Who so knows what's what your else is on the floor? Right. Anyways, what's your <laughs> <laughs> your V's look of the week? I'm Cusack. He she is John Cusack. Mm-hmm. She's got on a Samuel L. Jackson T-shirt that says "Rise and Shine, Mother Clucker." And then he had like a palm tree Hawaiian like vacation esque shirt on. Very like he's a writer. He's an author. He's you yeah. Know, and then the blazer. Very lazy. But he has a blazer yeah, because be he's fancy. professional. Yeah, yeah to be fancy. And why is the remote in your pocket? Because that is my recorder. Oh that's your recorder. That's your yes, voice recorder. That is my voice recorder. Perfect. <laughs> I thought John Cusack put the TV remote in his pocket. No that is my voice recorder. Perfect. My outfit of the week will be my son's old ghost costume because I'm the ghost in the haunted hotel. So that's pretty exciting. <laughs> and after this, we're going to do our Ouija board, maybe our tarot cards. We and we're game for to play. sure going to turn Stephanie on to Married at First Sight because Watch we need to suck somebody in. You fucking losers won't comment to us whether or not you've joined the... <laughs> All Bailey wants in the world is for somebody to leave Just a comment talk below. To me. No. <laughs> I ha- I've sucked in multiple people. Yeah. That sounded wrong, but I've gotten you and Ben in on it. Hopefully Stephanie soon. I know. It's just it's Married too at First good. Sight should cut me a check for all the people I'm getting to right? watch this it fucking should. show. It's not a great show, but it's our favorite show. It is. Um and anything else that. you want to talk about? Nope. That's it. I want to enjoy the rest of our night in our hotel but room. Because yeah. it's girls night. Here, let's do a chew with our wine glasses. So far away. Room 218. All right. Here's cheers to girls night. Here's cheers to you if you're listening. Thank you so much. Tell a friend. We are. I just started doing TikToks. Mm. So that's what I was looking up when I interrupted your story. Mm. We are THC podcast on TikTok. We are THC true on Twitter. We are THC podcast on instagram so you know follow us tell a friend tell a family member we're on everywhere that you can listen to podcasts except for fucking itunes because we are not apple compatible people everybody else in the world everywhere else you can listen to our podcast and if you're listening 
once again, like I say, if you're listening and you're not my mom. Thank you. Thanks so much. And we love you. And we will see you next time.